Welcome to Verbal Art, a podcast where we talk about artsy stuff in different locations. Don't kill me even if you disagree. Don't kill us even if we disagree. This can be a rehearsal. This is a rehearsal for something else. This is a rehearsal for performance under a tree in front of all the people who disagree. The same tree that we hang out, the same tree that they hang him. And we are recording. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Verbal Art. I am Senia Ram, your hostess. This is episode number 40. Oh, 40. Yes, you wow. get a little bit of a special large one. Um, this is my podcast where I interview artists about their work and process and we we are in the place where they make their work or exhibit it and we talk about it so today i am here in my school in the fine arts academy of helsinki in finland uh, with tangmo who studies in the adjacent school which is the theater academy uh, but like the buildings are now connected so, and the schools are also connected together with the music academy. So it's like this umbrella of all the creative universities. Um, and yeah, hi, maybe you want to start and introduce yourself. Okay, hi, I'm Tango. I'm a student, MA student in Life, Art and Performance Studies program in Theater Academy, just like you said. Yeah, and the performance that you just mentioned, it's, it was my thesis for my MA. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I actually mentioned it yet, <laughs> but this is why we are here. Tangmo did, uh, what are your pronouns? Uh, she, her. Did her... Um, Graduation performance, right? Yeah, MA thesis. Yeah, yes. thesis performance in this space that we're sitting in recently. And uh, I was there and I recorded the sound of the whole performance. So also you will be experiencing some of it in this podcast. And this is why we're here. So um, can you help explain this room? Like, describe the space to the listeners so they can come here with us? Yeah, this space, very cold, lifeless. When I first visited it, that's the first impression that I got. And I think that's partly why I picked it for my project. Yeah, like very concrete, you know, cold empty sometimes filled with some sounds of people here and there but it's like 
in the distance not like you know where exactly those people are yeah that kind of space and yeah. it's semi open semi closed you know it's in the middle of the the building surrounded by studios and classrooms but at the same time feel really i don't know empty you know like yeah <laughs> Yeah, wow, that was interesting because you started out like describing the emotional space within the space, mm. which I guess maybe is because you've been doing your performance here as well. Yeah. But also the space really is somehow an emotional space because it's kind of like a non-space, which is a little bit like an artsy term, but kind of... Um, yeah, a space that is not really a space in itself or it seems to be lacking a real function or existential ground in its own way, even though it's really large. Yeah. So this is the new Art Academy building. It was built like a few years ago. So it was kind of built for the purpose of the Art Academy to move here, which is the first time that this school in the history of the school, I guess, has ever had a building kind of built for the purpose. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't own it. We rent the space and the company that owns it is like an insurance company or something. So it's also a little bit implicit, I think, in the architecture and in the contract that maybe we're not going to be here forever. And Oh, this is not... No, yeah, we rented. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So it's weird, like it's kind of built to be an art school, but it's also kind of built so that it could be turned into something, something else. else. So like it's weirdly multifunctional with this weird consequence that it's not actually functional for anyone. Yeah. It's not really functional as an art school properly. And I don't see it really being functional as an office building or something properly either. The, the architecture is not that well thought out in praxis. Um, yeah, I talk a little bit about this space or this new building in other episodes, like two episodes before this one is uh, with Sara Rantanen, mm -hmm. who made her bachelor graduation uh, work as a response to this building. Oh, okay. And we have a discussion about it, and I talk about how I wrote a long art history essay about these stairs. Yeah. So what is with this room is that we're like in the center of this weird triangular building. And so we're in this big triangular center place, but where there would be a spine in the center of a person or something, there's just like empty air here. Mm -hmm. So it's like an empty space, five floors up with like these Escher is stairs, uh, MC Escher who made these like uh, optical illusion mm -hmm. drawings where people are like caught in loops and stuff. Yeah. So this, this space is reminiscent of that, that, that there are these like big steel or iron stairs going like across these floors in all directions it feels like harry potter where the stairs are moving but yeah. just like cold um <laughs> it's not really like practically thought out it's like it's quite aesthetic to look at but to use them 
is like not super practical. And then there are these like almost like balcony walkways on every floor all around. Yeah. So it's a little bit like Sara talks about in this other episode that it's like focus uh, ideas of like an open prison yeah. where each like you don't need actually guards because everyone are kind of surveilling each other in the space. Yeah. Which is what you talk about that you can't, you don't, you feel that there are people moving in this space and you hear them, the, the acoustics are insane. So anyone opening a door or moving anywhere in any of these five floors, you hear it yeah. in the whole space. But because of the acoustics, you can't hear where they are, yeah. where they're coming from and in which direction they're going. So you have no idea, you, you know people are moving around you, but you don't know where. And, exactly. And it's so disorienting. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not very pleasant to be in a space where you can't position yourself in relation to the other people. Mm -hmm. Especially because it feels empty. You, it's like a ghost thing, right? Yeah. For me, it's like a prison. It's it like a prison, yeah. yeah. It's also like, it's all concrete and iron and s steel and... Yeah. Uh, like, there are these, like, couches and places where we're supposed to hang out, but... It's like, it, uh, like, to hang out in this place where everyone can hear your conversation, everyone can look at you no matter what floor they're on. Yeah. It's not so nice. Mm -mm. Not really. But why? Did I pick it? <laughs> yeah, so why did you pick it? Maybe tell a little bit about your your performance. Yeah, um, my performance is called Memory Field. And I picked this space even before I named it, even before I, you know, have the whole structure of the performance. But I picked this space because of that reason that you just explained that, you know, the feeling of like anyone can watch you from anywhere in this space and wherever you are in this space you can feel that absent presence of other bodies in the in the space i really like that and you can hear the echo of them even yeah. like it feels like even when they have walked out of the space you kind of still hear their steps or yeah or their or their tra traces yeah yeah I really like that and I think it goes well with my concept as a whole and also with the context, the uh, historical context in my work. Um, Would you elaborate a little bit on these things like your concept and the historical context? Yeah, so I, I have been researching on memory, both personal memories and collective like social memories about the massacre, the Tamasad massacre or the 6th October massacre that happened in Bangkok in Tamasad University in 1976 and and for those of us who have no idea yeah. about Thai history and these things can you summarize this massacre? I will try my best. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like a silent history. It's like, you know, I have learned, first time that I have learned about it or heard about it when I was very young, it's like a two sentences in a history book. Like, and that's all. So it's not taught in school? No, they avoid it, of course. I mean, in, in 
of course, in, in the sense I mean that after I learn about it, I kind of know why they don't want to mm. talk about it. They, you know, killed and tortured student activists in a, in a field, in a football field, in the university. And it's... Who sim- did this? Uh, ultra-royalist or like a right-wing... Oh, so it's not even really known? What do you mean? I, is it unclear who did it? Oh my god. It's like, until now, you still, no one knows. It's like very messy and they never get anyone punished or have, you know, what do you call it, like accountable. Okay, so like they were like, so no one was ever blamed officially or? No, never. <gasps> How many people died? Um, officially, they say 40 something, 45 or 46. It's numbers still is like. Okay. Still, you know, like, I'm yeah. not sure one website said one number and another. So it's unclear, let's say 40 something. 46. That's the official number. That's the official number. But people that were disappeared and never came back after that, you know, it's like... So do you know any unofficial numbers that are talked about? I have no idea. And you know, with the... Um, I, I want to show you this photo, but I don't have it with me now. But like, it's a famous photo from this massacre, which is like... A, a man who was hanged under a tree, surrounded by a group of people who were in a photo was like they were like laughing or like smiling around, and with that hanged guy, there was a guy who holding a folding folding chair, and in an action of like hitting that body, that was. One like well-known photo from that so incident. So the massacre was documented, and still it's like yes, and hidden you know, or right. Wow. And you know that photo from what I have read in in the online archive, they still don't know who that guy is. The the guy who was holding the chair don't know who you know who was hanged like. You can't. They they said they can't identify anyone, mm. even though you have you you got the photo and it's been like forty something years, forty seven. Yeah, I mean, it's not the same. But I used to be very politically active growing up in Denmark. Um, so like left wing, active in different kind of like. Organizations and more anarchist lack of organization, and there was a lot of cases of of police brutality where there were police caught on video beating people, and like afterwards, like no one in the police investigation could identify these people, and even you know if they were really there was one case with this one female cop who had like long red hair, and you know. Honestly, there are not that many female police officers, and with like it's very distinct features. Yeah. And like, no, sorry, no one in the police knew who was it was. Like, they couldn't identify yeah. anyone. 
So it's not the same, it's not at the same severity, but it was still people getting hurt and it was like caught on camera and this, we are talking like 2005, 2010 maybe. You Can know, you that? It's, it's like it's happening. quite recent yeah. in like welfare societies where it officially everything is quite like above boards and legit and transparent. transparent. Yeah, <laughs> and then in reality, actually, with authority issues, it's still not. And it's like the police are investigating themselves in cases like this. It's like not yeah. external uh, instances figuring out stuff. So it's super crooked. And yeah. No, it's not to take focus away, but just to say that. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's scary. And still, like some photos, they just discovered, or like it, it they were emerged not long ago. Like you know, people kept film, and they ah, uh, they were like uh, afraid to show it, yeah. so they just uh, sat on it. Yeah. Oh, for so for, many years. For many years, like, and I think this this massacre was widely talked about recently like let's say past 10 years 20 years what happened i think because of the internet mm. yeah people started to dig back in and like oh okay like you know we shouldn't be silenced anymore we should you know talk about it mm. and i think the society has changed a little bit like you know it's with the memories also the memory back then it had changed over the time with the frame, how society looked at it. Like back then, they, the, those students were framed or were discredited as like, oh, they're communists, so mm. if we can kill them. They are communists, they will, you know, take down our king and tear down our country, you know, those kind of discourse and <laughs> rumor and stuff so people believed them and they came mm. and then that's what happened they kill each other they dehumanize those students and like okay yeah and maybe generally within the last 10 years I think some of these like this authority blindness is starting to um, crumble a little bit <laughs> You know, at least like now I was just in Copenhagen visiting uh, recently and now it is like commonly talked about in the media about this, like how police brutality and racism within the police and these things, how that it's actually happening and mm -hmm. it's like now it's out in the open and, and normal people are questioning what the police is doing and it was like for so many years no one would believe us when we said that we had these experiences. Everyone just thought, yeah, but you're also like extremist activist, you're a criminal, you are like instigating conflict, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. These, and now it's like normal people are really, and it's talked about in the media in this way yeah. that, that it has become apparent that maybe not everything is as it's supposed to be. Yeah, not just black and white and right and wrong. And it's just like because that. you don't experience it doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe it's like a global thing also that like the, the 
fabric of the universe is like a little bit like starting to unhinge and people are seeing like through the matrix somehow <laughs> I don't know I don't know <laughs> I hope people are keep seeing yeah <laughs> recognizing these okay but so that was like I'm just gonna move this a little bit closer because I mean this acoustics are like so wild okay yeah, yeah I think sure. it's better um because you have a very soft voice so oh, okay to, <laughs> to get like yeah, a, some sometimes Uh, yeah. No, but it's fine. So that was a good like historical introduction. Yeah. So this is like uh, the motivation for your for your thesis is. Yeah, I would say it is my entry point mm. to to my project, to my thesis project. That like I'm interested in this. How can I use memory to make a performance or like it as a structure or as a process of making of, of performance making mm. and also along that was my first question and then along the way I found that like I have this I don't know self censor like in in me that I feel like should I talk about this Yeah, at some point, it's it's not that like I don't want to talk about it, but I have that second thought or some voices, and I started to doubt a lot. Then then I came up with a strategy to deal with that. So what was the strategy? Uh, work with other people. I mean, talk to my friends, like Thai artists. Okay, so yeah. other people who might relate to your hesitation and inner blockages and. Yeah, I I'm just curious and ask them like, do you have something like this? You know, when you work or. Did they know about it before? Yeah, um, not all of them, <laughs> but then I, I came up with an idea that like, why don't I just collaborate mm. with them? You know, talk about this issue, and most of them are like, "Oh, this is like a default setting, programmed in all of us." They think they 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 kind of like feel like it it kind of embedded in our body and mind. I, we don't know when, but like maybe from our similar education background and like the school you know like how they indoctrinated yeah yeah so we feel that like okay we shouldn't talk about that because we might get in trouble maybe it might not hurt what's the word like you know um it might affect how uh people in power look at us or like affect how people think of us and it's, it's um, how can I say it's, and it's when we talk about this issue I'm not just specifically talk about political issue or this uh, massacre mm. but we started to talk about identity, gender you know like how can we deal with this because I think we grew up in this society where we um, have to think of how other people think of us and like are we are we blending in enough so people don't just pick on us or you know like 
or we we don't want to stand out too much. But as an artist, you kind of need to stand out, right? It's, it's kind of like yeah, it's uh, contradict. Yeah. Do you feel like it's similar? Do you feel that this kind of like um, cultural censorship or control and the need to like um, self-censor is it similar to Russia, where you could actually be imprisoned for speaking out or doing art that is like considered to be wrong? Yeah, yeah. Tang was nodding. nodding yeah, yeah, they can't hear that. <laughs> I know, and that's my reaction. Yeah, it's like a I, silent agreement. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Why don't I just say it? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's immediately. I was like, oh, I, I don't want to say it, but yes, exactly, yes, mm. because there are. It's not in the past anymore. It's happening mm. right now. I mean, we had this before we got new government right now, but I couldn't say that this situation is getting better. But let's say that we were um, in this military government for almost 10 years, like eight years, I think. Mm. And that's a long time that people live in this climate of life. Military not, rule. Yeah, not yeah. knowing. It's not like they are harsh in like controlling, but they create this fear in the air that like you don't know if if you speak in about this issue or about this, you don't know if they're gonna pick you or somebody would just call the police and say, I'm not sure about this artist's work. Because I experienced one time I was in one production when I was in um, bachelor school, like in Thailand, and I was working as like um, like a saw operator in one theater production. And one day before our premiere, a military officer called us, called the producer, and uh, asked if we have asked for a permission to show this performance, you know, mm. and and the producer just like, um, we never know or have heard about this. But did you need that? No. Like, like a public permission? No, or? no, it's <gasps> like never happened before. And it's not, we're not, I mean, the producer who have, has worked in this industry for 10, more than 10 years, so I think. So something they made up on the spot? I think. Mm. And it's just like suddenly... You know, oh, they asked for a letter permission, and then they came. They sent one guy every night with a video, you know, camera, sitting in the same space with audience and the performer every night to document what was happening. Yeah. Did you ask if you could use the documentation so you didn't need to hire a camera guy yourself? <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry to make light of the situation, <laughs> but know. it's like it's so absurd with these things. Yeah, and and <sighs> that's how I was like, wow. Did anything happen? Or um, it was just like the threat of it? 
thankfully nothing happened. But it's very stressful to be right. a performer in the situation that like a government body or military or you're not sure who, yeah. secret police or something is like filming your performance and then you have to still... For what purpose? For know? what purpose, you, exactly. You and then you still have to like do it and you don't know and if what course, you're doing is wrong or not. <laughs> and of course, they don't ask for your you know, consent at no, all. No, obviously. Yeah. So it's like, okay, one guy, obviously dressed like an officer, sitting, and <laughs> it's like a performance within a performance, you know. And yeah, the, yeah, exactly. It came, becomes this meta. Yeah. Who is performing for who? Right? <gasps> so it's like, oh my God. It's yeah. wild. I remember one moment that like the producer um, called everyone in the team and asked, if anyone want to, you know, like, stop working for oh. this production for whatever reason, you know, safety, like, we did can any, pick. Did anyone drop out? I can't remember that. Mm. Yeah, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. But yeah. at least not so many that you remember. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, but back then it was so... I don't know what's wo what word should I describe, but, like, It's just unbelievable, you know, like, Sur to be in that... Surreal stress. Yeah, I was in my second year, like, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, okay, you know, working. What was your role in the production? A sound operator. Okay, so at least you were in this little bit, like, more anonymous position. I mean... Do you still, would you still have done it if you had been, like, a performer? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I think... Fight the power. I mean, that's why I'm doing this work, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and but it's just, you know, occurred to me that it's um, a process for me to, to kind of like, I don't know, overcome this? Yeah, or, it's yeah. a catharsis. It's yeah. like, I think it's very normal that we use our work to, to overcome our traumas and our fears and our inner conflicts and, and hesitations. Yeah. It's, yeah, it makes sense. And also, those are the topics we really have motivation and fire to, to deal mm -hmm. with. So it also makes sense to put our focus there. Yeah. But yeah, it's so wild with these different contexts and like how you can present work in these different countries in these different ways and what the different social, cultural and official rules apply and how the rules can be bent or challenged or changed from either direction in different places. I was once in Nepal and I was at this like movie, like a documentary film festival that was showing like rock music documentaries in different bars and then there was live music and mm -hmm. halfway through this, it was in a bar called Purple Haze in Kathmandu and we had seen this documentary film about Jimi Hendrix and Like, the whole festival was big and officially sponsored by Tuborg Beer, which is Danish, but they were rolling out, like, their beer in Nepal to try and, like, open up a new market, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so it was big and official, and then we had watched this documentary about Jimi Hendrix in the Purple Haze Bar, and we were halfway through a concert with a Nepalese Jimi Hendrix cover band, and then <laughs> halfway through the concert, they just stopped it, and they were like... Unfortunately, the chief of police has just sent a message to us that um, from now, 
live music is not allowed after like midnight or something. So we have to stop the event. Just in the middle of... Halfway through the concert, the chief of police made a decision to change the rule about live music in Kathmandu. Like in the middle of the night. (laughs) I'm laughing, but it was so absurd. And the band was just like... People were there already, like enjoying themselves. We were dancing. The band was halfway through their set. Okay. I mean, not okay. Not but okay, like, but someone said it was a new chief of police who was really trying to, like, tighten up Kathmandu. And so he was, like, doing a lot of, like, nightclub rajas and, like, closing down on the nightlife a lot. But so wild to, like, halfway through yeah, a concert I, in, like, on a Friday night or something to just, like, yeah. at midnight decide that now live music is not allowed they, anymore. They should have, you know, asked for permission already, like, you know. Well, yeah, but he changed the rule from that day. It was like, now it's not allowed anymore. That's not a rule. That's his rule. But he was the chief of police of the city. Okay, whatever. So, like, yeah, <laughs> but, it's, but it's wild, no? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, people in power can do that. I, yeah, in, like places where the political and the power structures are hierarchical in this way that like I mean in a place like Finland the bureaucracy would take longer time than that you know no one can just like send a messenger in the middle of the night and stop and stop a concert exactly and also there would be too many concerts to stop like this is the thing in Kathmandu there were not that many rock concerts to stop yeah. there was probably only this one this uh, so like yeah. it like it's it's 10 years ago but still it's like so but it's yeah it was just it was my first time outside of Europe and like and you so, experienced that so this was like wow okay welcome to a different <laughs> world order like yep yeah. And that's something I feel like, oh, that can happen. That can happen anywhere in Thailand, I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, Bangkok is very large and has a lot of nightlife, but but still. Yeah. Okay, let's dial it back to where we are and your work. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, can you summarize the performance to the audience? Because now we've been talking about it a lot. And at this mm. point, maybe you have heard some of it in the podcast, like some of the sound edited in. But no one really knows what it is we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So can you just like... There were a lot of steps or like different stages yeah. and faces in this. So maybe together we can like kind of like take the audience by the hand and like okay. walk them through it. So Memory Field is a participatory performance which um, I divided into three parts. The first one um, begin with me cleaning the floor. Right here where we are sitting actually. Yes. In the middle of this triangle space on the second level of these five levels. Yes. Lobby area. Yeah. Yeah. I was mopping this floor by my hand. I mean with, you know, a rack. Mm. And to prepare this space and also prepare myself to feel, you know, grounded and be in this space.
and then I will I mean I would invite um, audience one by one to be in the space in their comfortable position for a while yeah so oh I skipped one part you did? yes actually before that I would ask the <laughs> audience to put patches word patches oh yeah true you're wearing this like uh, overall yeah. suit where there are already a lot of like patches on with different messages and pictures yeah and then you were giving out these extra patches that just had words yes and they had velcro so people could put them wherever they wanted on your body yes that's correct and so like not all audiences got to do everything some people got to put a patch on you a few people got to be like on the floor in the yes. space and some people we were quite witness. a lot of people when i yeah. saw it so we were just vis- witnessing and this whole thing was not like audible to us because so we were just in the space so for those of us who were just witnessing we couldn't hear what was going on we couldn't hear what uh, Tangmo was saying to the people that yeah. she was interacting with it's like a one-on-one interaction yeah yeah but with people witnessing it all around so it became this weird like secret in uh, secret uh, relationship or in engagement that was happening that you were having conversations with people and we could see that it was happening but we had no idea what was being said and it was like quite for like this long time somehow that like oh so part of this performance is just like it will never be revealed to me it will always be like secret which is quite a special layer and especially since it was the intro part of the performance <laughs> yeah so yeah I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you but no it's okay but yeah I I didn't not I did how can I explain this but <laughs> I didn't initially plan it to be a secret secret but I planned it to be more of like intimate um, mm. interaction between me and another person that was invited <coughs> sorry that was invited into the space mm. yeah but and sometimes I speak in Thai with a Thai audience also mm. so it's more of like you know I want to take care of the body in the space gently and also some of them were lying on this floor and yeah it's their choice if th- is that why you washed it so people could lie on it that's one reason okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course yes yeah it um, was also reminiscent of this artist who used to do these performances where she was uh, cleaning the institution cleaning the art institutions yeah. yeah i can't what is her name oh i can't remember oh that's embarrassing i can't either Ah, yeah, back when performance art was conceptual and, and like, yeah, anyway, this female performance artist who was, like, cleaning the stairs into the big art galleries to wash away, like, the, the shame of the art institution with, like, colonial works and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you want to explain about the patches? Yeah, um, the patches, the the one that already on my overall, 
uh, were. Um, Can we look at them? Oh yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. I forgot <laughs> that I brought it. Oh, yes. yes. So this overall is like gray and this like felt kind of. It's very cozy material. Has it been made for you? Yes. For this performance. For this performance. Who made it? Bin uh, Nisha. She is a costume designer in Thailand. And she also made the patches. No. So these are. The work from the Thai artist that I collaborated with. Mm -hmm. Remember that I talk about like how I work with, you know, these amazing artists. So we talk about it and they visualize or you know came up with these power patches. I call it power patches because you know when I put them on me, I feel like oh, yeah. yes, I'm not alone. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. <coughs> and so, so this costume has been co-created. As like a, a a manifestation or visualization of these like conversations you have had with people. Yes, that's nice. Let's explain some of the patches to the audience. Um, you can just choose some. Like here is one that is square, and it's like it's an animated image of a very small girl, like a toddler girl, who is wiping the tears off of an anime. Guy who is crying on a TV or computer screen. Yeah, all of this is like an animated picture, but so it's kind of like someone is crying on the TV or computer screen, and then this child thinks that like they can wipe away his tears, and then over it is this text that says "You good enough." Yeah, and next to it is a small yellow one with like brown ropes as a frame, and then on it is like. A pair of hands, and they are tied with a rope, like someone has been tied up. Yeah, maybe this one. The yeah. Frame inside of this blue body. Um. Oh yeah, so it's a body that is like kind of like crumbled together or holding itself in this yeah. like protective way, and then the body is kind of burning from the inside. From the inside, yeah. Wow. Well. Yeah. And there's two of those. Yes. Some they I put them on like two and yeah, mm. because in total I think there were eleven patches. Mm. One here is like like someone who is hiding their face in a pillow. Another one is more like more like screaming screaming into, into, the, into a pillow. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I know that feeling. <laughs> I did that when I moved to Finland. Because I felt like it was not allowed to scream or have emotions here, and I was crumpling from the inside. I was screaming on the inside. It was in insane. Actually, my cultural shock moving here was really, really big. Yeah. Had like first ever social anxiety attack in the middle of Lidl and had to sit on the floor in the queue and like, yeah, it was insane. And I was yeah. living in this little cute wooden house and like, but you could not be loud. You could not scream. Even the crazy and drunk people in the street didn't scream very loud, you know. Yeah. So I was like screaming into a pillow. Yeah, because otherwise I felt like I would implode. It was it was yeah. quite insane actually. Even just coming from Copenhagen to here, it was a big, big challenge. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is why I wrote my thesis on silence. <laughs> and I think about the noise of the silence. Wow. Okay. It's full circle. <laughs> We all have our catharsis. Yes. 
Yeah, but like these patches, a lot of them are like, I am me, I'm free, perfect flower. Can't say all of them, but... Go with the flow. Yeah, they're very like, each have their own graphic style and... But they're little artworks in themselves. Yeah. Who placed these ones? Uh, me. Are they randomly placed or did you like really curated? Randomly okay. placed. Yeah, depending on how I feel that they Oh, like you changed it? Yeah, sometimes. Because yes. everything is Velcro. Yes. You can move, remove them and put them back wherever you want. The sound of Velcro <laughs> is kind of nice. And um, the overall looks a little bit like a military uniform or like a worker uniform overall or something is this on purpose actually i got this um style of overall from the um, finnish student overall like it's inspired me yeah so a thing in finland is that the university freshmen each year they wear these like cargo overalls yeah. in different colors like each university have their own color i guess or, or each different like program. different yeah, yeah yeah if you study like sciences or humanities or yeah and then they buy all these patches these oh they got it from the like the social event that they or maybe like that been, yeah. you know bars and like ah okay yeah. so but they wear them like every day it looks like this real weird american high school freshman thing that everyone are wearing these weird like initiation costumes mm -hmm. with all these weird patches on i mean in the art academy no one wears this it's like yeah. we're too cool for school in that way yeah i understand but it's um it's a thing so every yeah. year in like september the city is full of these weird colorful armies mm -hmm. of groups that are like taking over the nightlife and everyone are wearing these weird yeah things and, and that's the point i mean mm. that's why i was like oh how they look or use the uniform in the school is completely different from my culture and it's student initiated even. yeah 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 like you can't i mean in back i would say back in thailand you couldn't get drunk in school uniform you know what i mean like if you ah, have school yeah. name your program name on it that could identify but Where are you from? <laughs> but also it's not an official school uniform. It's more like a student union thing. So, But still it represents something, institution. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And like university level and stuff. But no one actually wears uniforms yeah. in Finnish schools. So, But in Thailand you would, right? Yes, but, yeah. we have uniform until university level. Yeah. yeah. So like we are crazy. I mean, not in a good way that we have our... I, I, I went to boarding school. We even have pajama uniform. Yeah. So for me, looking at this, you know, uniform that and how they use it in this context, like, oh, have fun. Go get drunk together. And yeah. Collecting these patches from bars and cafes. <laughs> for me, it's like, okay, what about if I borrow it? you know and make it into i don't know student movement uniform in your, my own way your own movement yeah my yeah. own movement sorry <laughs> <laughs> my own movement uniform with, with these power patches yeah that's nice 
Yeah. And so these Thai artists that you have collaborated with, yeah. these two different artists who have helped you with this, are they also in Finland? No, um, some of them are in, I mean, most of them are in Thailand. Some of them are, I mean, one, she is in Sweden, one is in Finland, one is studying in Australia. Like, they are everywhere. So they didn't know about these, like, student overalls. You you explained it and yeah. showed pictures. Of course, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I sent them the photo reference and what, you know, mm-hmm what this is <laughs> let's do it together but it's such a comforting material this like soft felt thing yeah. it feels like yeah I don't know like you could lie down it's like a sleeping it's not like a sleeping bag but it's it, it feels like comforting like wearing a blanket a little bit yeah it's very warm and I yeah. keep this grey color because of the concrete floor yeah and also it's super cold in this space and you're like performing in bare feet yeah so I'm happy you were wearing this warm one wasn't it super I w- I cold I was sweating yeah okay when I was performing so okay maybe that's I was good. nervous or something <laughs> But let's so okay. So the audience is first sitting. Some people get to put these patches. Let's talk about these patches that people put on you because they are just yeah. words. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are words. So like black and white patches with words, and they mm-hmm. are all these different words, and they come back as a callback in the last part of the performance. But people get to place them how they want. And mm-hmm. should we look at what some of them says? You didn't bring them. Oh God, but I brought the cards. But you can remember what some of them said, maybe. Oh yes, of course, yes. So, like silence and bullets and scars, tears, celebration, popcorn, gun charts. Yeah, also things like popcorn, piñata, frozen, smiling. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of different words. And for me, it's like very simple, everyday life kind of word. You know, like you can right, wrong, left. Yeah, but also gunshots and bullets and scars yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, and there are like cards on the floor. You have produced all these like cards. Yes. Can you explain about the card? There are two sets of cards, right? Yes. The first card. Uh, the first set of card is a memory card, the one that I laid out on the floor with the audience. So you lay them around people, like these um, outlines of the bodies on the floor, yes. or like witch circles around them, or I don't know what to call it, so that like after people stand up again, you can see the outline of how they were lying or sitting yeah. on the floor how they position themselves on the floor. Yeah. yeah, and then that is left in the middle of this space as like a, 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 tempor- like a temporary trace, but also um, like this uh, visualization of like... Uh, what, what has been here. What has been here, and also it becomes this graphic work that you can see from all these floors. You can look down and you can see these graphic patterns. And these cards are like kind of large they're like the size of two playing cards more or less and they are like gray with these little red circles that has some images on them are these also a collaboration with an artist yeah like with a graphic design designer Mm. that i work with yeah she helped me design this card these cards yeah from the the text that i produce i call the text 
in this card, um, Midnight Recall. It's like a poem, kind of, right? Or how yeah. did you produce it? There, on some of these cards, there is just like an empty circle, and on some of them, there is like parts of their sentences, but with words missing in some of them. So this one, keep open space if you are, even if you are suffocating, and this one, his body breaking like a, and then there's space that you can insert, insert a word. Yeah. And so maybe we can already talk about that part of the performance even though it's the end because now we're talking about it yeah i feel like we accidentally skipped skipped <laughs> some steps but it's okay because actually this text i produce is first like i produce this at the beginning of the process okay in your own material that was the first you did was write this text yes is it one long text yes one long text but not i didn't produce it in one go i call it midnight recall because um, throughout the research pro uh, process, I, you know, I read that, I saw documentaries, you know, gathering information, ooh, and this and that. And before I go to bed, I found myself having this visual or words or something mm. pop up before, you know, it's kind of like, okay. And then I jot down, like I, I wrote down In those. this moment where you're almost falling asleep? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, that's why I call it Midnight Recall. Mm. So it's like, okay. I like that. Yeah, so some, some information that I consumed, you know, I <laughs> take in into my body and it marinated in my body somehow and it came out as this text and it's a very liminal space this midnight space where you are like in between states of awake or not or conscious unconscious yeah i named my thesis performance in this way i had already gone to bed and then it came to me like this and i had to sit up and like write a page on my computer about it yeah yeah <laughs> So that's the the text, and then later on, I I came up with an idea of like how how could I use this text? You know? oh, so at first you didn't have a purpose for it; you just needed to write it down. Was it one coherent text, or was it also in singular sentences like this? In in sentences okay. like this, yeah. And then it kind of kept building like yeah, along the way. Over time, yeah. So what it is like in the beginning, we don't see this text we don't know that it exists because mm -hmm. we only see the back side of the cards which are like a normal set of cards that yeah. it's just the same and so we only see them as these graphical cards lying on the floor on the floor and so yeah then maybe we can follow the structure of the performance and not reveal yet to the audience what is happening with this text because it becomes also interactive Ooh, that's good that's a little bit of a carrot to keep listening <laughs> um, so yeah. then after you have had a few people mm -hmm. and made their trace their outlines and do you want to reveal what your conversations with them were about like no i no. don't think i yeah, that's yeah, fine yeah let's keep it that way then you kind of like talk to all of us and you're like now we walk together in the space. I can't remember exactly what you said, but something like, if you want to walk with me, we can walk now yeah. together. I call it a memory march. Mm. Yeah. So we will go up on the third floor together. Whoever want to join, join. And if some 
one want to stay remain on this second floor they can witness and participate in on this floor because we are in this big open space so you you're kind of in the same room all the time no matter where you're going yes <laughs> yeah so then we walk in this long procession we were quite a lot of people when i was here mm -hmm. it was also the last performance yeah i think around 20 maybe maybe i'm not sure i didn't count but so yeah walking up we were like a whole like flight of stairs with people yeah. together and then we walk up And then we stand in this line or in clump and you give us these other cards. Yes, another set of cards. Another set of cards made by the same graphical graphic designer or no, this one I just made it like very easy on Microsoft Word. Okay. <laughs> But they're like same size and same shape, more or yeah. less. And these cards have different text. Yes, different text. I produced this text like Oh my god, just not long before the performance. <laughs> like I know that something is that something was missing. Like I feel like I still have something that I want to say. Oh so this element was like added super late? Not super super late, but like let's say not not they you know not on the early stage like this one. Mm. Like the midnight recall. Okay. This one just like in one go actually, one evening after I saw my uh, colleague's uh, thesis performance. I think it's like just after summer holiday, and I have this feeling of like, oh God, I got stuck. I don't know <laughs> what I'm gonna do next, and then you know come back from the holiday which I don't really fully enjoy. No, because this is year. Yeah. Yeah, it was psychotic. No, I I <laughs> I mean my summer did not happen. <laughs> yeah, that's that exactly like, you know, it's like oh, summer whatever. And then suddenly I came back to my friend's production. I watched her amazing performance and somehow it just occurred to me that like, okay. You know, the word just came out. Yeah, sometimes it's like that, huh? Yeah, it's like uh, somebody just opened the door. I feel like sometimes it's like they just, the words are just like seeping out of my fingers mm -hmm. or out of my mouth when talking. Sometimes I just open my mouth and then like the words just fall cool. out like a waterfall yeah. and it's hard to stop them. Other times with writing it can be the same, like mm -hmm. it's not even me writing, like I'm just like putting my fingers to the keyboard. And then the, word, the words are just like flowing into the computer? Yeah. Yeah. So on that day, I wrote it, actually, I wrote it on my phone. Like the first, very first draft of this, I wrote it on my phone. That's nice. Like on a note, like, okay. Just one long text. Yeah. Like, it's just like talking to myself and reassuring mm. that like, I'm okay. like, it's okay to talk about this. It's, I'm scared, you know, it's like, I'm confused confessing like mm. this is what happening and it's okay to be scared it's okay to to admit it yeah. I, i talk a lot with myself about my work i interview myself about my work like so i like this having the private dialogue about things it's healthy i think i and, agree <laughs> yeah so because this text actually is one long text like it's broken into sentences mm -hmm. uh, that are like divided onto different cards But it actually functions as a text that has a beginning and an end, and it's kind of one long. Yeah, and total cards is like 63 cards. 
Are they one. in the right order here? No, I haven't. Oh, fuck. Okay, let's see if we can find some of them in I, the right order. I haven't. No, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. But um, <laughs> but it would be good if we could say some of them in the right order, maybe. Uh, okay, so like here, I have twenty-seven, twenty-eight here. Uh, <laughs> can you find some more in that order? 29? Yeah. And then I have 30 here. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. We're starting to have something. <laughs> I, ha I have 32, 33. Do you have 31? Mm, no. Let's see. Mm. <laughs> 27? No, I have that. I have 31. Okay, oh, let's see. Now okay. I have a little series here. Of course, this is not how it actually begins, but you you, you had a lot of piles, like a lot lot of sets of I think these. 10. Oh, ten. No, 11, including mine. Yes. Yeah, okay. So you could divide them out to 10 different people. So we were sharing some of us. So then while we were walking, we were kind of like reading them as like one card at a time, but together. Yeah. And so you are reading them out loud, mm -hmm. and we are just reading them. And then it's very nice because we're walking around this weird balcony like outline of the space. And then once you have read a card, you throw it into the void, into the, into the center air. So it falls down on the floor where we were before, and it like kind of falls on top of and around these other outline cards that are still on the floor. And you don't explain to us if we should also throw them or not. So everyone was just like looking at each other like, like okay, kind of like shrugging our shoulders. Like, I guess we're also throwing, <laughs> throwing cards on the floor. Yeah. So then everyone was like, it became this collective, collective action of like just all these papers flowing. But also it made these very particular sounds in the mm -hmm. space, which was super nice, which I guess you can hear on the recording. And then halfway through, like you say, that there are there are words that are underlined, and we we should like collectively speak Read. them out loud. Yeah. So then we become this like answering choir almost to your words, which was quite nice. But do you want to read these in this order? This from twenty-seven to thirty-three we just found. Okay. This is not a beginning nor the end. We are in the middle of it the middle of the story. We want a change here, there, everywhere. Don't kill me even if you disagree. Don't kill us even, even if, if we, we disagree. disagree. I'm scared. Me too. But we are together. And this is just a rehearsal. Say something that we are afraid to say. Say something that they do not allow us to say. Say something to me. Say something to yourself. Say, say it together. together. We'll do it together. If we don't want to shout, we can whisper. 
This can be a rehearsal. This is a rehearsal for something else. Mm. And so the whole text was like this. At one point, there were like three or four or five cards in a row that just said no, each of them. Yeah. Um, and the Ayati is like, it's okay to be scared. I'm scared. And yeah, super nice. There's like um, collective performative poetry. Um, did you know you were going to make a poetry performance? No, I didn't look at it that way at all. Not even afterwards? Afterward, yeah. So it like at the beginning, I was like... Because it's like quite literally like wording poetry. like. For me, it's like, oh, maybe it's just, I'm just... It's the way I talk to myself in mm. like repetitive way to um, kind of like give myself uh, reassurance that like mm. it's okay it's okay so it's kind of like that more like that so I don't know I mean it, it could be a, uh, you know it, it's poetic in a way but I didn't make it it's so like oh it's poetry you know no no but yeah. like but it really is yeah. yeah it's like how to like read a poem out loud together or how mm. to include people there was one really interesting point is in the very, very end that you say like something like, now after I count down, just shout or say whatever comes in your mind. In your mind. And even if you don't want to shout it or say it, you can whisper. And then I didn't want to say anything there because I had realized halfway through that walking with the recorder, when I was repeating these words that were underlined then my voice was like super dominant on the recording and ah. you couldn't really hear the choir of people because I was the closest to the mic so for some of them I wasn't saying anything because I wanted the sound of the actual group so when this part came I wasn't saying and there people were like around the triangle so we were like looking at each other also the group like on each side of this gap and then I wasn't saying anything, and, and then no one said anything. I he- I heard something, like people whispered Someone something. whispered maybe, but it was like dead silent, and yeah. then it was then this really weird, awkward self-censorship moment where it's super difficult to tell someone to say whatever comes into your mind, and then it's just like you have a brain hemorrhage in this moment, <laughs> and, and somehow you forget words, or mm-hmm. you have n- you don't have a thought in the world. It's like someone says like, come up with a song and then suddenly you don't remember mm-hmm. any song ever so how was it in the other performances that someone actually shout like did it because it's a collective thing if one person like kind of does it I think people can be ready to jump on it really quickly but if no one actually takes the, yeah. the leap let's say whatever on your mind together After I count, one, two, three. Whatever.
I think I should be the one who did it, who, you know, like started it. But I don't want to force myself to do things just because I have to lead or perform. Mm. So uh, for me, it's like whatever I feel that day, I will do it. If I don't want to say something, I won't. I won't say it out loud just because I'm a performer. And also you did this performance like what, five times in one week? Four times. Four times in one yeah. week. So I understand it's also, it's repetitive. It's fine to do it differently. Yeah, and and for me it's like, just like I said, it's just, it's a rehearsal for me also. Mm. And I, I actually said something but not shouting. Mm. That's, yeah, I said something. I said it to myself, and it's it's in the um, in the card also. I said something to me, said something to yourself. You know, is mm. sometimes that's all you need. But did anyone say anything loud in any of the performances, or was it like this every time? I think mostly like that every time, mm. but maybe a bit louder. Some, I think on the premiere, I, I'm not sure, but yeah. I mean, personally, honestly, I don't really like these kind of. Um, instructions that like just shout whatever comes into your mind I've been at other performances and stuff where that has been asked and I feel like I'm not a shy person and I'm pretty improvisational but when it's in this like demanding on the spot collective way I get a little bit like resistance towards mm. the action or or the timing of the process or something Yeah, it's a little bit like organized fun. It's, you know, it's like I don't mind meet and greet and hanging out with people, but I don't really like when it's too organized for me somehow because I, I think I can do things on my like, own. I don't like actually organically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think in this way, like be free now, and then I feel like. Who are you to tell me to be free? <laughs> or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. got this inner, like, uh, yeah. resistance or, or maybe just, like, awkwardness about it that mm -hmm. that then it feels, like, forced or... I don't know. But but did you feel forced in my performance? Um, I mean, I was in the special position that I was recording. Um. So I didn't want to... I wanted to actually be able to hear mm -hmm. the space with the people. So if I had said anything loud my voice would have been so close to the mic mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have been able to. So I knew already that I wasn't going to say anything mm -hmm. because okay. for the sake of the p recording. Yeah. Because for the first many words we were saying out loud, mm -hmm. I was doing it. But then I realized maybe that was not mm -hmm. the best recording. So I stopped speaking out loud, mm -hmm. which of course affects the group a little bit. But, you know, it's this ambivalence of like documenting or participating. Yeah. It can be a little bit hard to to be in both these positions at yeah. the same time. I think I managed quite well here. I just walked exactly behind you because otherwise I wouldn't have heard you properly. So I don't know how I would have felt. I, mm -hmm. I mean, because I had already decided to not participate, Yeah, kind yeah. of. I was, that was my concern. Yeah. I was like, when I finished this um, text and then I read it through and I was like, oh, I, I mean, My plan is to do participatory, of course, mm -hmm. but my strategy is never like I don't I don't want to force people 
Never. I didn't feel like the rest of the thing was forced, and I don't feel like also this is a big forcing or a big demand, and, and I have mm-hmm. experienced it before. But for it to work, it requires like super performative people who are very used to like improvising, mm-hmm. I think. If you don't have these people in the group who are mm-hmm. used to doing this like improvisational performance and stuff, yeah. then these kind of exercises can be quite hard mm-hmm. for a group to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But any, I mean, the structure that I designed, mm. I think it's more of like you participate in the level that you feel comfortable mm. to be. And some people also stay down here, yeah. actually. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Some people stay on the second floor. They look at the cards falling down and even... Wow, read, so pretty. Yeah, and they read the card from, you know, from the floor. Yeah. They, yeah. So I think it's just like, you know, I'm not forcing anyone to do anything that they don't like. Also, or, yeah. there were so many layers of the performance happening in the space at the same time. You could experience it as... Actually, the night before, uh, when we just agreed that we would do this, so I knew that I would come and record it, but that day I knew that I didn't have my recorder with me and maybe my focus was oh, not... Oh, yeah, you were there. I was here in the space, but I knew that my I was not in the right mindset to be part of the performance mm-hmm. and I didn't have my recorder, so I said I will come tomorrow and record mm-hmm. for the last performance. But then I started this puzzle up there on the third floor that was lying there, and then I got really into it. So I didn't plan on sitting here and doing this performance, like or this puzzle during yeah. the whole. I had never planned to stay here and for the whole performance or anything. But coincidentally, I got super into this puzzle, and I sat here till I had finished it. And then I looked at the clock and realized I had sat here for six hours, and it was like. 11.30 in the night. <laughs> so that was a little bit crazy. It was a really hard puzzle. <laughs> and you finished? I finished it. it. Oh my God. Well, a few pieces were missing because it was just this like a second-hand puzzle from this like give-and-take shelf oh, we have. Yeah. So like that was also really frustrating that a few pieces were missing. But I was working till I had done all the pieces I yeah. had. Yeah, it was really you hard. It was into this, it. I was really into it. Like, I didn't realize that six ah. hours happened. Oh, my God. But the interesting part was that I was sitting here through your whole performance. So I experienced it secondhand or from a distance mm-hmm. without looking at it, really, but just, like, hearing it. And you were walking around me. Yeah. Twice. This group was walking around me speaking <laughs> while I was doing the puzzle. And then, so I kind of knew what was going to happen when I did it myself. Yeah. But it was nice to experience it in both ways, Mm. I think. That's good. And also, talking about this space, like, it's more than a year ago since I kind of completely gave up on having a relationship with this building. Mm -hmm. And instead, like, got a a studio outside of school and moved in there and made my whole thesis about that. so it's a long time since I've spent that long time in this space. I don't know if I've ever spent six hours in this room before. Oh my god. So it was very 
special and there was an opening happening downstairs oh yeah and so there were these different stages like your performance happened and then that ended and then the, I guess the opening ended and everyone exited the gallery and were like partying yeah, or like going somewhere mingling. so then the, the sound level really rose at one point and then everyone left and then it got super quiet yeah and then I was like finally wow that was really nice and I guess that's because it was Thursday like almost midnight so then finally I was the only one in school <laughs> but it was really interesting to be just like so focused on this puzzle yeah and so to just experience the acoustics of the space and, and movement around you yeah and um yeah all this activity happening yeah below or around me so yeah that was I don't know somehow your performance like was part of opening my this like weird ins like insisting uh, meeting with this space again <laughs> that I kind of sat through it yeah it was nice yeah but okay so then afterwards when we have walked around let's do the last tell the last part of the performance so after we have walked around and we have thrown all the cards, yes, and they're all now on the floor in this big space, and it's a kind of big space we're sitting in. So yeah. the floor is quite big, but they have been flying down. So like it's been raining with these like so many cards. Yeah, all over. I the mean, place. What, how many? Do you say it's sixty in a set? Sixty-three. In 63 a set. times eleven. So that's like more than six hundred cards that have been flying on top of the ones that were already on the floor. The floor yeah. So it's like, it's this beautiful paper chaos installation at this point. It's really nice. I mean, <laughs> it's such a mess. Yeah. And all these words and sentences, just like, and then we go and we sit down here again. Yeah, around, gather around the, the Around car the cards. The first card. Yeah, but also just like with all these oh, yeah. other words around. And you know, just like you said, people were reading them on the floor. I went and I sat down next to a card that said, if you can't sing, dance. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the final part. Yeah. Uh, is a memory card game. Where we play a memory card game together. Yeah, together. With your homemade memory game. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. <laughs> so maybe... Can you explain how it went? Because normally a memory game is that you have all these cards like face down mm -hmm. and then they're like pairs and so you flip two at a time and if they're a pair you get to like take them away yeah. and if they're not a pair you have to put them back in the same place and remember where they were so that next time you flip one and you're like, oh, I got one of those earlier. Yeah, and then you pairing them up. So this is just like super basic explanation if there should be any listeners out there who did not play a memory game as a child I don't know <laughs> probably everyone knows what yeah. we're talking about but at least now you are fully aware yeah so that's actually that's uh, how we play the game but with the text and the blank card we will open the blank card if we found one and you know leave them open like that but if you find a text card then pair them up and these are the texts we were talking about where there's like blank space there's blank space there's like oh all of these are blank there's like blank space for where you can insert words yeah so like space 
on a mouth done or something came out of our bodies are they or or something so you could put two words there yeah uh filling the gaps healing the something scars yeah so those why are, are you not something yeah <laughs> and so what was what did we do with the gaps So after we pair them up, like every card that you know we open up and match them, then we collectively fill in the gaps together with the words, the patch, the word patches on my body. So it's a nice like callback from the beginning of the performance. So it's like a, an opening and an ending ritual. <laughs> yes, and, and we kind of just like. Yeah, collectively agree. Someone mm -hmm. suggests what to put, and then maybe if someone disagrees, they suggest something else, and then whatever gets like the most Voted. votes or yeah. like in the moment. And people are pretty good at agreeing. Yeah, like it's also because it's if it's fine, everything is fine. Yeah. So, and at the end, people can still change, switch. You yeah, know, I moved words. some of them. Yeah. The way you like and how you want to remember it. So it's like a patchwork poem that, like, we kind of like a collage poem mm -hmm. that we made together yeah. um, with these, like, your thoughts or your words to yourself that then became become our words to each other. Yeah. But it was in this nice chaotic. Way that like the memory game, it was not like one person was flipping a card and everyone was looking. It was like all of us were just flipping cards at the same time yeah. and like shouting out, filling the gaps, healing the scars. Silent. What did we have? It was a midnight recording. It, it was a midnight record. It was the sound of. <laughs> Something came out of our bodies. Are they? Why are you not? Oh, sure. this and then someone else yeah I also have that and then like yeah. uh. <laughs> we, we were helping each other <laughs> yeah but it became yeah. also this very um, active collective mm -hmm. um, thing and I think some of the sentences we made I think some of my favorites were piñata truth mm -hmm. wow I mean The idea that the truth is like a piñata, and you have to like break, break it, beat it open, like yeah. it's just like beat it with a stick until it cracks open, and then it all spills out on the floor at the same time. Yeah, that's a really nice image, and uh, and I like that. I mean, I like that people open up, you know, more. And more possibilities of like how you mash these words together yeah. with these sentences. I mean, exactly. Yeah, it could be anything like a frozen truth, invisible truth. We share the same popcorn. Yeah, we share the same zipper. We share the same zipper. <laughs> That one was cute. Yeah. Why are you not frozen? Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Celebration over a soulless body. You know, yeah. these are some of them that we could have made, or some of the ones we did did make, and then of course some of them were like quite dark, like scars on a mouth done, or like uh, something came out of our bodies. 
was it bullets uh, yeah. or tears or yeah. you know so because yeah we also know through the whole performance that the background for this is quite serious and, yeah. and like really heavy mm -hmm. over a soulless body candies frozen, frozen. candies Frozen or candies? Candies. Yay. Candies. <laughs> With silent scar. Scar. Tears. Bullets. Bullets. Scar. Tears. Bullets. 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 Right shoulder. It was a midnight recall. It was a sound of gunshots. Zipper. Gunshots. Zipper. Gunshots or zipper. Celebration. Or celebration. <laughs> celebration. 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 <laughs> Why are you not smiling? Frozen. Frozen. Smiling. 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 What did we do? Wrong. 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 Right. Other name. Keep. Even if you are suffocating. Keep left. Keep left. Left. <laughs> Keep left. <laughs> Our souls contain gunshots. 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 Our souls contain gunshots. Um, and yeah, then the performance is, is done. Yeah, it's ended like that. <laughs> so, now that it's done for you as well, do you feel like the catharsis is like, has it, is it done? Have you kind of like, is it still an open wound or did you kind of like spill it out now or... I think it's still there and it's not like, oh, I'm done with this and now I move on to the next trauma. <laughs> I don't, you know. Check no, the next one on the, on the bucket list. <laughs> I hope it works that way, but it's not like that and I think it's a lifelong process. Mm. And, it's, and because it's not over yet, like what we are witnessing in the society, Mm. You know, if people just like stop killing each other, then maybe it's done. And also because, as you said, this conversation with your Thai co-workers and stuff became about more than this one instigating yeah. event. But, yeah. Yeah, and it's not uh, ex exclusively just about this event or massacre. Mm. Like, at some point, I feel like, well... <laughs> You know, don't kill us, even if we disagree. 
Mm. You know why? Like we can disagree, we can disagree, but don't don't hit us, don't kill us. That's just something that is in my mm. mind. And you know, reading the news, seeing you you know what's going on in the world is just like screaming at us. Like yeah, why? It's insane. It's not like it's it's not the first time. And why don't we learn from history? Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about the context of you doing this work here in Finland? Uh, how has that been to work with something from your home country in this foreign setting? I think the most important thing for me is to see how different culture, different society deal with conflicts and also and also like I mean with the student movement like recent mm. one with you know with the march and all of this yep. The listeners don't know. So recently, there has been a lot of like uh, actual cuts, but also just like um, uh, uh, future cuts announced, uh, hitting students' benefits and, yeah. and, and international students. And yeah. So um, a lot of universities have been squatted by students. Like um, people have been sleeping in the universities. There are still tents and stuff in the theater academy where people were camping out for a yeah. while. Um, Take over. Yeah. Yeah. So it has been it's it has been like a collective thing in universities across Finland mm-hmm. um, recently, and like student uh, demonstrations and stuff. And for me, that that is very important movement and strength. That gave me like, yeah, it's okay. Like we should come together more often, talk about this, be together, and we don't have to agree on everything, but just you know, talk, talk it out. Or but it's interesting because generally my experience of Finland is not that conflict is really handled very well or at all. I feel like it's a very conflict shy society like interpersonally but also mm-hmm. on a larger scale mm-hmm. so like any type of like activism or like collective movements or demonstrations and stuff I feel like it is super difficult here mm-hmm. every time I've tried to instigate anything or be part of anything it's like the flame kind of dies out before it's even lit Yeah, people are like overwhelmed with their own stuff or afraid of consequences or, or shy or I don't know what it is maybe even more so in the art academy but but yeah so actually these students things i mean also no wonder that it, the occupation was in the theater academy and not here in the art academy like <laughs> that is not weird to me um yeah. but yeah it was a little bit special to see mm-hmm. actually yeah because normally there are not so many demonstrations and stuff and i i feel like conflict That's what I've heard, yeah right yeah. and i don't know how you feel with people and and in the school and stuff but i feel like conflict is kind of we just don't talk about stuff and it's they're not very confrontational no no it's better to not criticize anyone and mm-hmm. to just like stay in your lane and stay nice and stay quiet because then you don't risk like stepping on anyone's toes and having to have 
conflict interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, but I think how can I s- maybe coming from different point of view mm-hmm. that is where like I feel like it's very hard for me to talk about this issue at, from the beginning, but mm-hmm. seeing people here doing something. Oh, I mean, uh, especially the student movement. Mm. For me, it's like okay. Then I join and see how I feel, see how it goes, and yeah, it's kind of like in the loop of like you know, like I'm doing my work and also doing something that really there out there with you know people out there. It's not just like I'm being in my bubble art. World making some thing and like you you know what I mean like mm. yeah but like I want I want to experience that also mm. yeah and I mean the good thing about this the social cultural norms here is that maybe people are generally less outspoken about things and it's very gentle and very um, considerate and sensitive mm-hmm. but it's also very honest. And there is a space for being dark and deep, like um, that is not like hushed away. Mm-hmm. So all of these general things, like depression and anxiety and difficulties, uh, there is a space for them mm-hmm. and an understanding. And so I feel with Finnish people, always there's not really any small talk. So also there are not these layers of like mm. superficial interaction to peel off. Yeah. You ask someone a question and they will answer you honestly and they will go super deep and dark with you yeah. immediately. Even, go straight. Yeah, exactly. Into like quite heavy yeah. things and, and because there's somehow this sensitivity and the space for that. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I think it's a good place to do these art investigations mm-hmm. about sensitive, difficult topics because it's not like a conflict, confrontational environment, mm-hmm. but it is like um, it can somehow hold heaviness also. Yeah, yeah and I, I see my background, like, I mean, what I have carried with me from Thailand that I usually smile a lot, mm. even when it's the situation is dark and heavy and tense but the smile it was just there and I've heard I don't know if it's like a real research or, or not but like some researcher really like look into the Thai smiles and they kind of like have they say that there are like 13 smiles different smiles in Thai? In you can smile in 13 different ways in Thai? Yeah, it's like different underlining, like, you know, like different meanings. Like, we we smile because of this and this and that. I don't know. That's I, amazing. I, I, and I am very bad at, at explaining this because like, it's been a while that I have read about this. But somehow, it's, I think it's maybe our coping mechanism. Like, you know... Just put so on many smile. nuances. Yeah, but just, just put on a smile and mm. everything will be all right. Even if our house is flooded <laughs> or burned, you know, like, smile. I, I don't know. It's some, some, that's another thing that I feel like, oh, shit. 
I shouldn't smile. I'm talking about something. I mean, during the performance, sometimes I criticize myself at oh, the moment. Oh, you like self-reflect and yeah. you correct your own like uh, uh, how you perceive how you look. I don't know. I mean, sometimes I was like, oh. You feel like you self-regulate during the performance? Sometimes. That's interesting. Yeah. So like I, I kept <laughs> thinking like. Don't smile too much, but then this is a serious topic. <laughs> Sometimes, but not all the time. Sometimes I just like feel like it's me. I can't mm. hide myself, and I smile because I want to smile, and yeah. I I want to make myself comfortable as well as I want to make other people comfortable. I think <laughs> in Denmark we have a tendency to do this like ironic distancing to things and like um, be very. Yeah, ironic and sarcastic about things, which is one of the reasons why all our films and theater and stuff is so good social realism because like it can be it's like this tragic comedy. So mm. it's like laughing at the disaster ah. and really like <laughs> wallowing in it. Just like in Finland they're very good at like staying in the awkwardness of things, so like creating super awkward spaces and being in them and kind of like wallowing in the awkwardness of life and mm -hmm. interaction so like smiling through the terror in Thai is like yeah I don't know I think it's really interesting when you figure out these like little um, contradictory yeah. aspects of culture and so to kind of like tap into them and, and utilize them yeah it's Somehow. very interesting it's super interesting yeah. um How long have we talked? Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, nice. Um, I mean, it was a big topic because it is... How long have you worked on this? A year? A year. I mean... Your studies are two, two years, years, and so for a whole year is like dedicated to this one project. Yeah. It's like, just like the masters in Cuba also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, have you already written your thesis? Some, I'm starting. Okay, but now you're writing about it. Yes. So it's the same like I have done. I've been living, breathing, dreaming, mm -hmm. sleeping, talking, about. my my thesis work yeah. for a year and a half. Yeah, like you were driving through. Especially because I'm living inside my artwork that I'm writing about Oh yeah. since a year and a half. So like and this is why I mention it so often in the podcast also. It's literally been like life. flowing through my veins and yeah. my brain for this long. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit, it's very special, but it's also crazy. How has it been for you to be in this super heavy topic for this long? Oh my God, I... Did you have like nightmares and stuff? No, but I have to see a therapist. Okay. Yeah. You began seeing a therapist about it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and it's a mixture of like my personal life and this and my many things. It just came up, you know, during the. Um, at some point, I stopped reading everything and like it's too much. And, I, and yeah. then I switched reading from like I read about this massacre in Thai and I couldn't, I couldn't continue. So then I found an English version, mm. and I feel some distant. And yeah, then, something happens in the translation. Yeah, and I feel like, okay, yeah, it's not too heavy, so I continue reading that. So it's like that period of like finding new ways to deal with yes. this topic and my mental health. 
coping mechanisms. Yeah. Wow, but that's really interesting. But also collective trauma is super heavy to try and like shoulder or, you know, mm. even if it's not your generational trauma, like, but still to try and like take on yeah. collective historical trauma that is part of your DNA in some way or yeah. your background or something. And even if it's not, it, it didn't happen to my family, you know, that members mm. directly, but my friend's family, yeah. Were affected directly. Yeah. <gasps> Is it something that, oh, I'm sorry. She lost her uncle. In this massacre? Yeah. <gasps> okay. I mean, he didn't pass away on that day, but he kind of disappeared. Okay. Yeah. But a lot of it was happening during one day. This yeah, like, like after that event and then he's gone. Did the school keep running after this? Yeah, the university is there. And is it something that your parents and or like older generations remember this event? Some kind, somehow, some way, but I don't know. It's like when Do you I talk to your family about yeah, it? Yeah, I asked my dad. He was almost there, but he heard a gunshot before, like on the way there so he, he was attending at the same school no he was attending like you know he was curious so he went there for the demonstration but before oh. he reached the point that the, the university campus he heard the gunshots okay so it was it was an announced like demonstration or activist event of students and then yeah they stay they stay t they occupy the the university campus just like just here, like here just yeah here. they stay there overnight mm. and they didn't know that in that 6 october early morning the police and those people would come and did that what like, year no was it knows. again 1976 so it's like almost uh, 50 years ago. Yeah, 47. Yeah. You so had already started this project before the occupation happened in the Theater Academy here, right? Yeah. Wasn't it super surreal that you were working with this and then it happened like manifested in your own academy? Yeah. And for me it's very important. It's did very relevant. Did you sleep here? No, I didn't. But I joined the walk. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a time to sleep over, and yeah. No, for me it was also a little bit too much in the middle of the thesis writing to yeah. try and... And also they went to bed super early in the night and woke up super early in the morning. And it's oh, just, really? Yeah, yeah, it's not my schedule. <laughs> yeah. I think around that time I was so busy with preparing, exactly. you know, like all the elements, I mean... All the things that, yeah. Yeah, me too. But they had a super cozy time. People were doing like ambient concerts for each yeah. other there at night and stuff. And they were having like all these food and meetings and things. Like and this, super cozy. This is the first time I saw something like that happening mm. in the campus, in, in, in the school building in Finland. Yeah. <laughs> that like, you know, like people are staying after school. Like staying, staying. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? For me, it's like, oh. After five, it's almost empty already. People just went on their way and did their stuff. And, but I think the Theatre Academy are quite good with that. There are a lot of like activists, some vibe in the uh, teacher 
actually like there has been a, this weird like internal war happening like who was the building for who was it built okay. for you know we put up posters in the elevator for our own events they are taken down oh yeah they put up anti-graffiti uh, paint in the elevators then people like just scratch the walls instead there's this like war happening yeah it's Insane. yeah it's oh it's really um i mean it wasn't a smooth ride that i got this space either but no it no. was not easy for you but like your performance was not really intrusive in this way it didn't bring any large elements or anything and you didn't require to remove anything that was here no yeah exactly but i don't know what's in what is in their mind you know yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had a lot of trouble with this room, but it, it helped to write a lot about it, to read about stairs in art history and mm -hmm. the psychology of, like, stairs in architecture. And, and I want to read your thesis. Is it in English? Yeah, yes. but I mean, my thesis is not about this. Yeah, but it, you said it's about your your place. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah. It's in, in, in the library archive or...? I don't know if it's already... No, but I can send it to you. I, maybe it's not until after the exam and the diplomas and everything. Oh, not yet? I thought you were already done. No, my exam is next week. Ah, okay. Yeah, very welcome if you want this topic. Oh, when? Where? No, uh, I'm not going to be here. No, you're going to be in Thailand. Yes. Oh. Uh, it's fine. No, I will be performing the work again in December. Okay. Yeah, so you can, if you want, you can come to one more performance concert. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sure, you can read it if you want. It's in English. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's very poetic also, the thesis. <laughs> <laughs> really nice. Yeah, it's about silence and noise. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and and my place, I have a studio right across like the road over there in Merihaka. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Now it's like kind of running late and I'm just talking. Yeah. And So just to wrap up, is there anything... I forgot to ask you that you wanted to mention or I think that that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we we touch on <laughs> <laughs> uh, every aspect or mostly like you know the history part of it and the performance and how you experience it, how I experience it and the collaboration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you want to mention the names of these people you collaborated with? Yes. Okay. They, I mean, I remember their names, but sometimes I forgot their artist name. <laughs> yeah, but did you know them before or did you find yes, them? Yes, they're all my friends, okay. actually. So this is Jean. This one for... Uh, from, oh, her artist name is Jean Ku. J... E-E-N-K-U. You can find her on Instagram. Yeah, and you will give me all these links and we will add them in the show notes. Okay, sure. Yeah. So, also, but this is the person who made the colorful patches with different, like, little artworks on them. Yes, and this one, the You Good Enough one, from Bim Wong. Oh, so it's different artists who made different patches also. Yeah. <gasps> oh, I thought it was one person. Yeah, and these two from the same filmmaker. Her name is Bo... Bo bo bo. Um, bo 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 bo. Yeah, bo bo bo. That's yeah. a wild name. <laughs> bo uh, Nawashari, actually, yes. Mm -hmm. And these two from Banana Blah Blah, her artist name. Oh wow. And this 
J Chom or Jada. Yeah, this one is studying uh, art management in Australia. So, so many different people. And did you all have collective talks together or did you talk individually with in, all of them? Individual. So they never talked to each other? No. You didn't want to facilitate that? Um, it's very hard to do that with different time zones and different... You know, yeah, I know. I want in the first lockdown, I facilitated a weekly seminar group across three continents. No, four across four continents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the States and Japan and Europe and Africa. Oh, wow, it was it was like a time frame of like two hours each day that we could reach where yeah. everyone was kind of awake at the same time yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's tricky yeah and this is from Maya Jet. she is now living in Sweden mm-hmm. Stockholm this Dean the artist name is Dean this one from Julie Baker and Summer that's her artist name she's a painter mm. illustrator and this from Bon, 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 yeah, Nalapat, yeah. And who made the costume again? Pin Nisha. And who made the cards? Um, this one, Chiu. Yeah, her name is Chiu. But yeah, you will ask them if they have websites or social media they want to share, and then you can send me a long list of links <laughs> yes. to all of these people. And what are your places online. Do you have any places where people can find you? Yes. Uh, Instagram, Tuolek, or my website, ladapa.com. I can send you the link. Yes, also, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, cool. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And this could help with my writing process I really hope so yeah I interviewed myself for the podcast about my writing process and it really helped so much and you listen like go back and listen to your recording yeah and I also like released it really as I had to make it in I interviewed myself twice once in the day and once in the night and then I edited the two me's together so night me and day me was having a conversation about the thesis writing but it was too much it was five hours in total Mm -hmm. I had to cut it down to three hours and it was still too much so I released it as two episodes of the podcast cool (laughs) night you and day you fighting it's because um I released a cassette tape and it has a day side and a night side with sounds of the day and sounds of the night and so there's this whole dichotomy of the day and night happening in the thesis and in the work Uh, so this is why I thought like yeah yeah it's all connected yeah it is yeah Yeah. it's very conceptual okay and uh, yeah maybe I will even add a link to the architecture group who made this building now that we have talked about it they're quite famous they win a lot of prizes but they normally build very um, public buildings like um, Amos Rex Museum and the Udi Main Library oh it's the same it's the same architects who made these and so this building if it had been like a library or something like this I think it would have functioned very well like just as a public space that you kind of walk through or spend very limited time within is very impressive. The stairs are this beautiful sculptural mm-hmm. thing. 
It's just that acoustically and like light-wise and stuff, it's not nice to work here. It's not nice to be here every day. Mm. And there are weirdly like a lot of different agendas about who has the right to this space and why. Yeah. But maybe I will add the link so people can check it out. I mean, I'm sure they're going to win a lot of prizes with this architecture. Like, I have, even though they've had to fix it a lot for us since we moved in. Oh, really? Yeah, because they didn't do acoustic isolation. The dark room, they still didn't, they installed the sinks wrong, so it's kind of a little bit useless. Like, yeah, you know, there are oh, a lot of... Oh, okay. But, um, so it has, it's still in progress. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I'm sure they're going to win architecture prizes. Okay, okay, sorry, I won't hold you anymore. Let's go home. It's yes. late. And you travel to Thailand tomorrow? Yeah. Have a nice nice trip. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Good night. This is a rehearsal for all the people who are here, for those who are gone, for somebody up there, for someone down here. This is for the past. This is also for the future. This is for right now. This is the moment. This is the moment. Because we are not alone. We are together. We can whisper. We can shout. Let's think of something we are not allowed to say. Let's think of something that they do not allow us to say. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it.